following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. My name is Paul Viscrillo, and with me tonight I have... V-Lord GTZ. And that's it for tonight. Um, so we're here to talk about a couple different things. Later on in the podcast, you're going to hear from some of uh, the best fans in the so-called fan video universe that have made some really good fan music videos and promos and whatnot. Uh, Fabian and Sketch are leading that up, and we have some special guests as well uh, joining us for that. Uh, but you'll hear that later on in the podcast. What I'm sure all of you are here for is our conversation about episode one of The Forge. And I don't know, I don't know about you, V-Lord, but uh, let's just get into it, shall we? Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's get into episode one of The Forge right now. Episode one of the Forge starts out with Tom and Sarah flying through space as they usually do, and they're talking about how George is getting bigger and they might have to do something about that eventually. Um, and out of the blue, all of a sudden, the vindication gets taken over. Um, it doesn't look like it's a virus. It just looks like somebody is controlling this from outside, from somewhere in space, they're controlling the vindication. Um, all of a sudden, the the hyperdrive activates and the absolution goes into hyperdrive, um, hyperspace, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and um, comes out um, by a planet that has a station. And... You know, Sarah and Tom are kind of like, okay, what is going on here? Why are we being brought to this place? So Tom and Sarah are basically, you know, at this point trying to get into a defensive position so they can take on whoever's trying to take over the ship. And Tom goes to the cargo bay with his really big gun <laughs> as he's, as he had back in the, uh, the last immersion event. And, uh, the door opens to the cargo bay and all of these robots come onto the ship and the, the head boss, so to speak, is basically telling them, grab all the cargo, as much cargo as you can. And <clears throat> Tom, is while hiding 
is able to ambush one of the the robots that came onto the ship and come to find out it's another Tom. It's a yellow Tom to be precise. Or Tom Gold. Or Tom Gold, whatever you want to call him, whatever. Um, You know, he tells him to put his hands up, you know. um, And while Tom's doing this, the boss comes from behind him and knocks out Tom. And then the the two Clydes that Tom has try to attack this guy and they're destroyed or killed, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. So, um, and basically the boss tells the gold Tom to take Tom five, uh, back to the space station along. I, I think it was just, it was just Tom. I don't know if they took the Clydes too, but, um, to take him back to the station and Sarah and George are kind of left sitting there going, all right, so now we're going to have to save Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's how episode one, how episode one ended. So, uh, what were your thoughts V Lord? I mean, just from this first episode, this seems already way more interesting than countdown. Like, <laughs> I think anything I... would be more interesting than countdown. Countdown just was boring. Like it, it wasn't boring. It just felt it felt out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I like, I'd agree. It felt like there wasn't like any particular reason why it was made. So, like with um, Intruder Three, number one, it shouldn't have been called Intruder Three, but um, at least that had a purpose to it. We got a ship out of it. You know what I mean? And then we got, yeah. in, we, got we got Clyde's and we also got um, Georgia. So it's like, okay, that that had a purpose. Countdown, it was like, uh, th- did this really have a purpose? No. Like by the end of it, everything returned to the status quo. And like, right. Not much was really different. <laughs> Here though with the Forge, like from this first episode, there's just so much intrigue right away. Like why is there this golden Tom? Uh, why was the ship like hijacked and what Mm. is this like forge like is this like where like maybe tom was created or like all these replicas of tom are being created right it kind of gives you a lot of questions like makes you want more which is a really good thing yes and i'm i'm glad that they took two years to kind of flush out an immersion event because i kind of felt that they just rushed countdown that was part of the problem too i feel like they just were like Here's this. And it's like, mm, let's not do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt like, well, so first of all, I saw this episode at Momocon. So most of the episode was pretty much the same. There were some differences. Like, for example, um, the episode ended with Tom getting knocked out and Sarah basically being like, I'm going to have to go save him. They didn't drag him off. Um, I think there was a little bit different dialogue too, and there was a couple scenes that were a little different as well. So, <clears throat> and by the way, they said that this wasn't going to be the final version, anyways. But yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by um, what's going to happen next. You know, I kind of wish Sketch was here so I could, because Sketch would probably agree with some things or come up with his own ideas, but you know, sketch is busy with personal life at the moment, but not that I don't like you V Lord. Um, (laughs) but 
the one thing that I that I found what what I'm what I'm thinking in the back of my head is is I'm like there's multiple toms. So what does that mean? Like let's say Tom obviously Tom's going to get out of this somehow. Like are we going to eventually maybe see like like are all these Tom's going to be like come on the vindication and help him instead of having Clyde's, which I think would be an awesome idea. Is Tom going to be instead of like flying around on the vindication, is he going to be, is this space station going to be what he has now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Cause yeah, like they basically destroyed the Clyde's in this episode. Yeah. So like, are they going to bother to rebuild them or like, are these new like, robots that are being introduced going to just be the replacements for the Clydes. Right. And I think that would be, that would be definitely interesting. Um, so there's definitely, there's definitely like this huge storyline that I think is waiting for us. And, and it's six episodes. So we're looking at, this is just the first. So we got what, like five more weeks of this. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Personally, I hope we get Tom six. I think it's been long enough to kind of switch the toms out. Um, and I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, maybe we'll get to see I don't know, maybe we'll get to we'll get to see something different out of this too. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Um Yeah. I mean the, I wouldn't be opposed to Tom Five sticking around after this, but at the same time he's pretty roughed up at this point. He probably should get a makeover yeah i don't want i don't want him to get i don't want him to get like just fixed up i want a different tom like that's what i want like it's it's time it's time for a new tom honestly yeah i mean one thing like you notice in this episode is that that one like boss like robot that's like there seems pretty strong like significantly stronger than tom so i could see him maybe like buffing himself up and that buffed up version will be like Tom Six. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens because I feel like in the in the in the whole thing of this, like we may end up seeing like Tom like break down and then he has to get a new body. So we'll we'll have to see. I mean, that's kind of in the preview, um, the preview when they first announced that this was coming. Um, it kind of shows like Tom breaking down. So it's like is that what's going to happen or what? You know what I mean? Like really weird. Yeah, so that's definitely something to think about. The one thing I do want to talk about, and this is something that's starting to be talked about in the community. If you noticed, there were two things that I noticed that were different about this immersion event. First of all, if there is a sponsor, they're not, they're not saying what it is. If you remember countdown had a sponsor, I believe intruder three had a sponsor as well. Um, so there's that. So and and um Caboose actually pointed out that it could be what was that pizza commercial that kept um coming up? I don't I don't know if it was DiGiorno or it was something else that kept popping up like every single commercial break it seemed like. So I think it was DiGiorno. Was I'm it DiGiorno? Not sure. So we were thinking that maybe it was DiGiorno maybe. But we're not sure. Like, again, it's it's not, like, said. So this could be an immersion event that doesn't even have a sponsor. But then there's also the packaging. And, okay, granted, there's nothing wrong with the ship. So I can understand why the packaging, they may not change it. So, but but then why would you change, like, a little bit of the color scheme on some of it? You know what I mean? Like, 
to me, it was just kind of like, if you're going to do the, if you're going to do an immersion event, why wouldn't you change it? Like you do every immersion event. So uh, it was, felt like a very simple change, which is kind of right. strange. So it kind of yeah. makes me feel like they do have like a new layout for the bumps that they're going to use after the immersion event is over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I they'll probably change the graphics out like they usually do, but I just, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, like they're okay. Fine, there's nothing wrong with the immersion event, but that I have a problem with. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I know a lot of people are just like very unhappy with it, which I'm more indifferent to it. It's like it doesn't like bother me, but like I can definitely see why people who care about it a lot more are like very frustrated that it's just like not that significant of a change for like a big event like this. Well, it's not just that. The the problem is 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 that the some of the graphics that that we put out and other other people out there were putting out were better than what Toonami had. So it's just like, it's like, okay, this isn't looking good. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's like a big oof right there. Yeah. So, and by the way, shout out to JP Reckless for doing all the graphics and everything like he usually does. You Thank know, you, those JP. Were, the, that was, I mean, it, 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 it just kind of was off-putting to me. It was just like, this doesn't make sense to me. So I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean... Hopefully they do change by the end of this. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, but, um, yeah. So if you guys have any thoughts on that, just email us. It's podcast at tunamifaithful.com and, uh, let us know what you think of the immersion event. But, um, let's get to the other part of this podcast, which is talking about fan of videos and I'll let sketch and Fabian take it from here. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash Podcast to get started today. Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch. And for this segment, I have Fabian. Hello, it's the Minion. And Alien Renegade. Hey, how's it going? It's your boy, Alien Renegade. And our very special guest, video editor, Jazz Master Samurai. Hey guys, it's uh, Jazz Master Samurai here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. Thank you for responding to me. <laughs> you know, anytime I can uh, do anything with you guys, it's uh, it's always a treat. So I definitely appreciate it. So this is uh, a plan that Fabian has had for what over a year now, and I just kept being like, ah, we'll we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it, you know. And then Tsunami keeps having all these shows cycling, and it's like, all right, all right, we're gonna do it. We're gonna yeah. do it. If anyone How remembers my tweet, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone remembers my tweet, I'm like, this is. It's great that we got this announcement, but I only know that this is going to postpone something that I'm very interested in doing, <laughs> and it was this. 
Well, with that, I'm mainly here just to record and maybe chime in, but uh, I uh, I really enjoy your videos, Jazz. I think you do an excellent job of recreating the Toonami feel. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, I've um I've been a big fan of uh, Johnny and Sarah's work for a long time, and you know, kind of dissecting their style and applying it to some fan stuff. You know, it's really living the dream over here. Awesome, awesome, and of course, I really enjoy. Alien Renegades, Toonami music remixes, and original stuff inspired by Toonami. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a regular, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm going to go ahead and let Fabian take it from here. All right. So I've gathered everyone here today to talk about making Toonami fan content, music videos, promos, what have you. Because each one of us, including myself, have dabbled and constantly gone back to do a Toonami-style music video of our own, be it music video, a promo. And so I wanted to get everyone around here today to talk about like what it's like making the content, our process, where we started, where we are now, and all that. So to get things kind of started, uh, we already did the round of introductions of Jazz, Mark, Alien, myself, and Sketch here. So my first thing is to kind of like it, talk about like what we use to create these videos. And because I think that'll be interesting to know, like, what, what do you need to actually start making these videos? And for me... I actually started with a linear video editor that came with my Roxio HD capture card, which crashed like almost every time I opened it. Oh, no. <laughs> not a good well, time. Uh, no, no, not at all. You know, you got to have a solid editing program to really kind of dive into this. Uh, I don't oh, know about yeah. you, Alien, but specifically, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Adobe Creative Suite, and I will, um, you know, Adobe Premiere is my go-to, but it's not the only program I use. You know, uh, editing those clips from uh, from anime, it's a uh, it, it's tough to do to get that background noise out. But you know, I'd use Adobe Audition to edit that audio and After Effects to to make some cool transitions when needed. So, a little, little bit of everything for me. I mostly just stick with Vegas Pro myself. I use After Effects if I gotta mess with the templates that Caboose Jr. usually puts out. But uh, just about everything. <laughs> yeah. But, but basically, yeah, I just stick with uh, Vegas Pro. Yeah. I After having that editor, editor for like one video, I transferred to Sony Vegas Movie Studio HD Platinum 11 that I've been using for the past like six years. And over the next year, I'm finally going to be upgrading to Vegas Pro. Nice. Because there are certain things for a video that I want to do, not, not really Tanami related, that uh, Pro has the capacity to do. So I'm looking into that, P potentially like Vegas Pro 14 or 15, depending on, on the price. And I yeah. used to use audacity alongside it to edit the audio but i've now transitioned to just m messing with the audio in just sony vegas as a um keep an eye out for um humble bundle because every now and again they'll put 
Sony Vegas Pro up and you can get the you can get that for like twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, those humble bundles. I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> you know, another program I um you know I usually recommend people who are wanting to get into video editing or any kind of uh, production work is uh, DaVinci Resolve from Black Magic. That one's a, a free open source. I don't know if it's open source, but it's, they definitely have a free version available for for people to just go and download. And you know, you can do some really good um, some really good editing in there. And it's used in industry for for media professionals. Oh yeah, I've heard good things about that one. This is the first yeah, time I've heard of it. Yeah, give it a give it a look. Um, you really can't beat free. I mean, most of the paid paid tools in there are more for color grading and more for like higher end professional productions. But you know, if you're just editing a video and you're on a budget, you know, check out DaVinci Resolve. All right. Yeah, I have to keep that in mind. So with that kind of like idea where you can like start low tier with like me or go higher tier with like the Adobe stuff, the next thing I wanted to kind of talk about is like our first like Toonami videos that we made. Like where did we start? Oh man, you're uh, you're gonna kind of date me re- real quick here, but um, back around I guess twenty or two thousand and three, back when I was a little kid in middle school and high school, I was uh, you know. On the Tunes Zone, Tune Zone forums, uh, you know, checking out uh, Toonami Digital Arsenal back in the day. I think there was a there was a music video contest that that, that happened way back then, but I didn't have anywhere near the um, the equipment and the technical knowledge that I that I do now. And you know, it was just seeing that Diegard Toonami promo that somebody cut way back then. You know, it was just kind of inspiring to get to get um, really into this. And you know, as eventually as time progressed, I was able to kind of do that. Nice. So I've, uh, I've been around for a I didn't realize it was that far back. <laughs> My gosh, yeah, I didn't either. So I guess in that regard, it's uh, it's it's just wonderful that Tsunami Faithful decided to do that music video contest, you know, many, many years later, so you could show your stuff that you couldn't do way <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah, it kind of worked out really well. Um, I think back when the, the revival happened around 2012, you know, I was just really interested in kind of cutting something together and... I think the first piece of tsunami related content I ever put out publicly was was that video I did in 2013 in January 2013 that that old school you know beat 'em up style chill vibe uh, it was called No More Holding Back and you know that that kind of that kind of got the ball rolling after that <laughs> I'm still mad that that music video contest happened like literally the week before I had to go to the Air Force, so I couldn't enter. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Um, so that, that contest kind of was a, a really good catalyst for me to just kind of try out some new stuff, you know? I eventually added the uh, the ever-popular um, Toonami Echo, as I, as I call it for myself. <laughs> you guys probably know the one. I know the one. <laughs> you use it quite often. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm finding out that I'm kind of, kind of pulling away from it as much as I can. But I always tend to go back to, to whatever works. <laughs> the um, alien. I'm wondering yeah. what was your first. Okay, so I haven't. I've been video editing since about 2006, I think. I had Windows Movie Maker, the absolute classic. The absolute <laughs> favorite. Yep. <laughs> 
And I used to like just cut a whole bunch of uh, music videos using like Sonic the Hedgehog gameplay footage and also some of the uh, stereotypical cringy Naruto AMV set to Linkin Park songs. <laughs> I am guilty of that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I used to, I, I always did it on and off since then. Um, I started, you know, watching Tanami. I've always watched Tanami. I always loved the, the promos. The one that I loved the most was the uh, the Mad Rhetoric promo. With the, oh, that's with a favorite. The, yeah, with Walking Stick. Yeah. I think I think that one video kind of just molded my entire video editing style. Like I was never really interested in like all the flashy effects and stuff. I just like the sync work. So fast forward to, you know, 20, 2013, they had that when they did that very first rebrand, like when Tom Five first showed up, like with all the blue and stuff. Like I just like I was watching those and I watch the bumps every night and one night I was just like I want to learn how to do this so I just went on YouTube and was like how to make your own Toonami commercials I had no idea what it what they were called and stumbled upon Caboose's channel and I was just like neat all right let's do this (laughs) so took me about a week to learn what the hell was going on with After Effects and after that I made my first Toonami intro for Persona 4 the animation and it turned out awesome. I think I don't know. I remember watching that. I think that around that time there was a really uh, vibrant community of people online trying to make tsunami content, and it was just—I mean, it was just great to be a part of at that time. You know, um, yeah. pre-flight was airing the, the fan promo segments, and I got a couple on there throughout the years. And really wish they'd bring that back, but you know, it's definitely—it was definitely a good golden age for for fandom at that time. Duelist jokes yep. that his oh, yeah. uh, that his video that they played was the the reason why they stopped doing that. Oh yeah, <laughs> his uh, which video was that? Uh, Frontline something or other is it was a video oh, the blockade one. Yeah, the yeah I remember that one with the with like okay. it's just for uh, you know fleas. Getting rid of fleas. <laughs> I, but these little little green things looking like Ninja Turtles fighting, and he just cut some, uh, you know, old Toonami music to it. And <laughs> Of all the videos he submitted, they decided to use that one, and then they kind of phased out that segment, so he jokes. Yeah, the they did. why it stopped. <laughs> I'm still a little embarrassed that one of my videos ended up on pre-flight twice. <laughs> Oh really? Like the exact same video. I was like, no uh, cartoon show. Yeah, <laughs> like no, nobody told me the first time it aired. I had no idea until I posted it again in the fan promo thread, and then someone said, "Hey, put this one already," and I'm just like, "What? When?" <laughs> and it was like in the second episode of Preflight, and nobody said anything. But apparently, that was when every one of my other friends saw it was the second time they played it. So I was just like, okay, well, at least they don't know. <laughs> I really, I really think they don't know what's going on. I think they aired one of their. Um, they had like a guest editor on for a segment. It was the uh, they're about to warp video way back when, and they aired that as a fan fan promo. So you know, those guys are they've got so much going on in Adult Swim. You know, I, I don't blame them at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <More> yeah. 
I remember like, sending a message to Jason about that. Like, you guys aired your own promo for the fan segment. You know that? He's like, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> We're fans of Toonami, and- too. <laughs> <laughs> we cut our own fan promos. I haven't said where I started yet. I actually started in 2013 making a Ruby, a, a horrible Ruby AMV to Everything is Under Control by Cold Cut, the DJ Kentaro mix. Mm. It was not very good. I didn't sync it well, and I didn't cut it very well. And it was, again, using that horrible linear editor I had. And I'm like, I like this show. Tsunami's back. I bet I could do this as a Tsunami-styled promo. And then I used that horrible editor again to create the first fan trailer I put out on my channel. I refer to it as fan trailer because I don't have Toonami packaging. I don't really have the capability of making it or or making one that's already out publicly available and turning it into a sh- turning it into a show that I'm creating a promo for. But using the music and the cutting that I did, I, b- I believe I at least got the proper feel of it. At least that's what I hope I did. And and the editor shows its limits because when it came to like overlay and it only had two video tracks, each track being its own audio track and only one or two other sound tracks for music and sound effects. Very limiting. And in or and because it's linear and I can't really move things around, I had to put a black bar underneath one of the overlays so that it would stay and I wouldn't have to cut it. And that black bar I accidentally left in in the cut. Well, so yeah, yeah, we've we've all been there, man. I remember I specifically remember editing some of these earlier videos way way back back when in Windows Movie Maker, and it was frustrating to not have those multiple tracks and, you know, not having the ability to rip your own footage way back, way back then. It was, it was tough as a, as a kid growing up. And, you know, I just kind of, once I was able to flex my muscles, it was, it just felt so much more fulfilling to, to produce something like that. The other funny thing about that is that the footage was recorded off my PlayStation 3 through the, through the capture card. So the oh, yeah. video footage isn't <laughs> that good. Hey, at least you're being resourceful, you know? Seriously. Yeah, I um, was resourceful. So how do you guys go about getting footage and, and content for, for these music videos? Uh, let's just say uh, some, some sites that should not be named. <laughs> well, gentlemen, let me just put it out there. If you own a copy of something... And it's just not that convenient to rip it. I mean, there's a little gray area there. <laughs> it's not, After it's all, for not my... quite the same as sailing the high seas. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> and Me, there's some of those, some pers- of those videos you just... Uh, oh, sorry, God. <laughs> it's okay. Personally, I try and limit it to just the DVDs and Blu-rays that I have. Because I now have like the full software that will allow me to take the video footage off of that. But I did cheat a little bit when I did my 
uh, Black Clover episode promo that I literally made the day of the episode in which I got the Japanese stream turned off the subtitles and recorded it off Crunchyroll. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to do that. Um, I've I've kind of got a really weird process when it comes to using some footage, like stuff like um, fully, coolly progressive and alternative. You know, like those aren't the the Blu-rays for those aren't out here. You know, sometimes I sometimes I would download the episodes on iTunes and just kind of capture it the way that you were talking about with Crunchyroll. You know, I've got an HDMI recorder and and it's it's worked so far. Nobody's really nobody's really noticed the quality difference. So no, that and ripping. That's the thing. You actually download it off of iTunes. Don't you think you should be able to do whatever the hell you want with that footage? But no, you got to go through all these other hoops because of DRM, and it's stupid. DRM, yep, it is. Uh, it's definitely challenging to kind of make that process work. But you know, have, having that, it's just a simple couple hundred dollar HDMI recorder, and that kind of enables me to to pull stuff like that in a in a pinch. But otherwise, man, Blu-ray footage whenever available, and it just looks so much more crisp on on YouTube with that compression. <laughs> yeah, mm, definitely. I scored All a right. Blu-ray rip of um of your name when I edited the promo for that one, and it looks so good. Ooh. Very nice. I was remembering back to, gosh, I think it was some other music video contest, and I, like, tried to do a tsunami style promo for Ninja Turtles two thousand three, and I ripped the DVDs on an old computer using a crappy old program. And I never actually finished the thing, but I remember doing that and tinkering around with like using a combination of different music and clips from the show. I was like, man, I wish I had actually finished that, you know, just to have something. <laughs> it's never too late to get back and, uh, you know, remaster some of your work. <laughs> ah. Yep. I did that with some of my old stuff that I still had, in which I finally fixed the ghosting issue that I had with my video editor. I finally found out what that was about, to turn off, that, disable that smart resampling. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, that, yeah. Would, that would would do it. And, you know, some of the some <laughs> of the earlier pieces I did, there was a lot of problems with, um, you know, footage on, on DVDs kind of having that interlacing. Hmm. And when you pulled it into an, an HD timeline, you know, you got those really weird lines that, you know, didn't didn't really look as crisp as you wanted to. But, you know, it was standard death footage upscaled in most cases at that time for me. Upscaling, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm using that word very, very generously. It was more like stretch to fill the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> But yeah, since then we've had a lot of um, a lot of the classics been released on Blu-ray by Funimation and and our various media partners. <laughs> Please support the official release, um, you know, and just kind of enable me to kind of go, go back and really, really re-edit some of those videos and kind of you know fix those little mistakes of of your youth, if you will. <laughs> I I definitely plan on doing that for my Volume One fan trailer for Ruby. I have a plan to go back and remake that one. Hey, do it. I am. So with that, I want to talk about like some of the views that we made, the process, the things we learned, the things we tried, the things we tried to implement. Like, for example, with my actual first Toonami music video that I posted back in 2017, 
for like the 20th anniversary of Toonami, although that was like a few months early in February, which was at around the time it was either the second or third Toonami Faithful uh, video music video contest went up. And it was around the time I actually posted my video around your Into the Distance video, Jazz. Oh, yeah, I remember that one fondly. <laughs> like, with that one, because with that one I did a specific thing. It's titled, it, it Is Up To You. And if you've seen my Ruby Volume 1 fan trailer, I took the same quote that's at the beginning from Oz and put it and put it at the beginning of this one. But you can see that I edited it really differently from how I did it originally to kind of like show my growth and how I've learned. And the other thing that I ended up doing is using the line of action in regards to character positions, in which I had the protagonist starting on the left and their antagonist or foe being on the right and making sure that their positions were, remain consistent throughout the entire video. There's a moment where it flips, too. And I also have, like, the speaker at being Oz. And since I use a, gam a Kamiga Kill, Bulat, I believe his name is. It's been a while since I've rewatched that one. The, I also the have Pompadour? The Pompadour, yeah. Yeah, Bulat. Bulat. I had them acting as the role of the speaker speaking to the protagonist. And they stayed in one position the whole time. So that when the protagonist got sent to the right Bulat would turn around to face them and tell them to scream with all the with all the heart in your soul or something like that I forget the quote off the top of my head so that's kind of like what I did to kind of like have this story of all these protagonists that I'm displaying on screen here are all going through the same thing and I knew the thing that I liked is that I knew when I watched the episode of a Kamiga kill, which was it was either episode twenty three or twenty four, where Tatsumi does his scream as he about as he, he's about to transform. I knew I was going to use that somewhere, and it, and and this one ended up being perfect for it. It was a great ender too because I remember uh, Jason or it was Gil or one of the editors saying. That they like, they know when they end on a shot that zooms in onto a character's face, that it's a good video. So I ended up having a video that does the same. Hmm. All right, so didn't I didn't realize that that was one of their uh, little little moments, but yeah, I guess that does make sense. Well, they got all I, kinds I do... of little things that they like to do constantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like end up with a fist I... or something. <laughs> There's a specific sound effect that they like to use. Um, yeah. It's that that really that really high pitched like kind of screech like the I, I can't I can't do it and not make fun of myself. But it's like a really high pitched screech <laughs> that they kind of put in there. It's like like a riser, and I cannot find that for the life of me. I've, I've looked, but maybe I'm searching the wrong keywords. Is is it like the one that was used in the or in like the back in the OG Tanami run? of Naruto's, like, second main promo for, like, the second season, where it's, like, the battle on the bridge and the beginning of the tuning exams, where Naruto runs at Haku, and it's got that rising scream? I, it's not a scream. Um, it was in the, um, I think recently they put it in the Outlands promo, the Cowboy Bebop one that they put out a couple, maybe I guess about a year ago now. They really scraped Cowboy Bebop to get the, the last video, out of it. I'm not for, sure for what one. the sound effect is. Man, oh That's... man, do we have some very particular 
things <laughs> that nobody else probably even notices. Probably not at all. <laughs> I was happy hey. that um, when my uh, better cartoon show video, the first time it was on pre-flight, they um they had commented on um I don't know if you guys remember it, but um there's a part like around halfway through the video where like the lady points the gun at them and then like the music stops and Riley says, "Why we ain't think to bring no guns?" They um specifically <laughs> pointed that out and they said that's exactly something we would do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I do that. I did that in my first volume one fan trailer where the music cuts out and Ospin's like, does anyone have any questions? And John's like, yeah, um, sir, good. And then the music comes back in. <laughs> I think they did that in the Rick and Morty promos that they just put out this week. Oh, that was a it's sweet just, promo. <laughs> it's just a staple of, uh, of, of our, our lovely tsunami editors you know they, just, they know what they're doing <laughs> they got their style yeah. and they stick to it the uh my so, favorite one is the uh you know establishing shot promo you know fades to black another shot fades to black music kind of dips out then they jump into a different track and then kind of hit the ground running from there oh yeah <laughs> there are so many nuances to the tsunami and the adult swim style that yeah, you're right. A, a normal Adult Swim fan, yeah, they would never really pick up on it. But us, I mean, we're we're living the dream over here, making our own content, you know, in their style, and it's it's something that we notice. Yep. So I talked about one of my videos. What's one of the videos you guys want to talk about that was that you found like interesting to create that people might not have noticed? Like I talked about the line of action for my first Tanami music video. It's up to you. What is something you guys want to talk about? That's a, that's that's a loaded question there. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, out of my videos I want to talk about. Aileen, do you want to hit that one first? <laughs> uh, sure. You can uh, talk about something recent. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead, man. Let's see what you got. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just the most recent thing I've done, video editing wise, um, for the. Tanami Faithful Twitter, I edited a short promo advertising the Deku versus Bakugo fight in My Hero Academia. Ah. Nice. That was a good one. I still yeah. can't believe Paul asked me first. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably fresher in, that you were probably fresher in his mind. I think it might have been because I did the Black Clover episode promo, but go ahead and explain like what, what you did for the My Hero Academia promo. Okay, so I, I kind of, unlike most of the videos I make, I actually had like a really clear vision of what I wanted to have in it because, <laughs> well, for one thing, I've, I've watched that episode a whole lot, so I kind of knew what was going to, what, what to look for. And then, um, and well, one of the big, one of the things that made it really easy for me was, um, the fact that I also used one of the songs that I made for uh, Tanami Beats Volume 4. It's called um, Delete the Mainframe, The Crash. So I just had it start because like right before the end of the song, there's like there's like this really somber part of the song and then it builds up to like this really kind of climactic piece of it. And I was just like, I have to use that for this fight scene right here. So like I had, you know, Deku and Bakugo's pre-banter fight during the during the build-up, where um, you know, where Bakugo's just like 
we're settling this right now. And it's just um, right when the beat drops is when Bakugo first starts attacking. And then I just went from there, just started syncing the action to all the big snare hits in the song. And then the only thing that was left is just placing all the clips together. And the one clip I knew I had to have in there was the one where Bakugo said, that's one of the things I hate most about you. No matter how many times I beat you up, you keep coming back. Because it's such, so indicative of their of their relationship, you know? And so it's like definitely one, explained in the episode, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that one was just really, really fun to make. Despite the fact that the computer I have now is like half a potato and it actually almost died when I rendered the video. Oh, no. And it's yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah, it was 30 seconds. It took 30 minutes to render in 1080p. <laughs> and that's kind of the reason why I haven't made many videos lately. But I just wanted to try and see how it would go. And yeah, it almost killed my computer, but it was worth it. <laughs> Those are the dreams worth living for. And if it's not worth dying for, then... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Oh, man. So thinking about my favorite video over here on my my part you know it's I, i've made so many over the years you know i'll there are little bits and pieces of each one that i that i really enjoy like the into um into the distance one i think that one was a really really fun one i really got to stretch stretch my wings on and put in some of those you know tommy tsunami um tsunami staples like the fade outs the fade to blacks the the echoes that might be the first time i put the echo in anything <laughs> um but Endless Journey, the Dreams, that, that one was circa 2014. Um, that one was, you know, kind of an homage to the original Dreams promo. But, you know, I kind of used that original audio and edited that to speak over um, Jet from Cowboy Bebop, which, uh, interesting decision at the time, but I, th I think it, it still holds up. I'll, I'll defend that till, till the end of time. <laughs> you had me convinced that was Jet the whole time. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't realize that it wasn't Jet until Outlaw Star aired in HD on Tanami. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was convinced. Like, I haven't seen that episode of Bebop. I wonder, wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what that, episode you know... of Cowboy Bebop does Jet do the boy has a right to dream speech? He's talking, he must, about he's talking about Spike, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But, you know, that one, that one was kind of, um, you know, a, a personal video for me. It was just, I, I grew up watching Toonami in that golden age in 2003 and around then. So just being able to go back and revisit a video like that, you know, it wasn't technically the best video I ever put out there. But, you know, it just kind of holds a special place and. In that clip from Space Dandy that I put in there, where where Meow is sitting on the, the balcony of his spaceship talking about when he's saying up. goodbye to his his family on the planet, yeah, that was a yeah. good choice, great choice. <laughs> you know, and then that video was more about you know growing up and I guess our journey as people. You know, we we grew up as kids, and here we are living living the dream, and you just kind of being being who you want to be growing up. And I, I think part for, for me, Toonami videos have kind of always been kind of something that, you know, it, it it's really tough to kind of put into words, but you know, they, they've, they've meant a lot to me personally. And 
they've come along at really good times throughout my life. And just being able to put something Speaking out there that kind of haunts that, it's, it's great. Yeah. Speaking of that, the recent Tanami music video, Make a Difference, there's a person who commented on it that mentioned that the night before they they attempted to commit suicide and didn't and this video appeared for them the the night after and they felt so attached to that because it's like god sent them a message the comments on there i know i posted on discord to send people to say something to them to kind of like bring them back up but it's like that kind of stuff like especially the choice is yours one had an impact on me because i'm like i, I want to be able to go and do things that kind of like matter to me and potentially others which is why i always went for my first music video i talked it was about motivation and determination and for my second one that i put out earlier this year to face my fears the kingdom hearts 3 opening i dealt with uh, being at your lowest point and getting yourself back up and heading back out there to take it on. And I finished my main quote that I knew I was going to use was, uh, I can't believe I forgot the main character's name of Bullet by Kid Battlefront right now. Leonardo watch. Leonardo. Yeah. Yeah. I used his, uh, final speech talking about like, uh, a single step you'll towards the light and your will or spirit will never be broken. And I really like that one. So I used it there alongside, uh, uh, black stars quote of, I'm not afraid from fear. You'll never defeat me, which was a quote that Tanami used in the warp video. Yeah. That I will one. say the um, go ahead. Some some of the stuff that you guys have been putting out, it's just it, it your your passion kind of really shines across, and I'm able to kind of see how some of those clips really you know affect you. You know, it's put putting putting across your emotion in those videos. You know, some of some of the things across the fandom may not be technically as great as tsunami official, but you know, you you can see the the heart and soul that the editors kind of put into their their product. Absolutely. Like when I did this, this wasn't a tsunami video, but I did the Monty AMV in which I made it. Of course, I, because I'm such a fan of movie, of course, I would actually make a tribute AMV to him in the tsunami style in which I used <laughs> caffeine from volume two. And it was just introduction of characters talking and just sounds of action all the way to the end. I really love making that one. And the surprising part is that, that my favorite part of it was using the clip of Ruby slicing up the Beowulfs in the red trailer. That was my, that's my favorite clip that I used. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So the, I've recently put out a video kind of in anticipation of, of this podcast, I guess probably about a month ago now it's called all the same and um, it's not super topical with the shows that are airing right now, but you know, it's some, it's a message that I kind of really wanted to, to utilize for a while. 
and you know using some of the latest Attack on Titan stuff. All, all of the the short runners on Toonami this year, I kind of try to find a way to to get them in this video. But you know, I think that one's just kind of the latest in 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 my progression as an editor or as a Toonami style editor. You know, everything's in there, everything's good, and there's the message in that one's just really fun. So if anyone's hadn't hadn't heard that one yet or seen that one yet, I'd highly recommend checking it out. I just watched it today. Very good stuff. <laughs> Appreciate after, that. After, after this podcast. Also, more Megalobox. <laughs> Use more <laughs> Megalobox. We need it. The sure world so good. never has Has that enough. one been released by Viz already, or is that going to be Actually, released? Yeah, it's, on it's, it's on Blu-ray. All right. Yeah, I'm looking into getting that. It's been out for a little while now. I've picked up the Blu-ray specifically for for this video. So. All righty. Alien, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we moved on to the next thing? Uh, well, just one random comment, the comparison thing about myself. The main reason why I haven't made a speech promo is honestly because I lack the patience to. Because I have to go through all those episodes trying to find the exact right quotes. And I'm just like, man, I just want to edit people beating each other up. <laughs> but you're I so know. good at editing when... the beat them up style promos, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it works for like me. Like the but... Marvel one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was the first one. I Yeah, that was the first music video I did. Oh, that one was a lot of fun to make. That one is one I really liked. You really used the music, audio, and voiceovers well throughout that entire thing. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. I'm honestly surprised at how well that one turned out. So, like I said, that was my first Tanami style video, music video, I should say. Yeah. I like how my first one turned out as well. I, I feel like I did it pretty well. I didn't sync the music super well, though. You can tell that there's a moment where just the music changes, but the clip hasn't changed with it yet, right near the end. And that's a mistake on my part, but that's how I had to edit, and that's what I was able to fit. I think um, in terms of music sync, though, I think the one where I really snapped the most on was probably the Kake Gurui promo Cause like that one, that one I actually had way too much fun with because that was supposed to be on my whole bump hodgepodge about the uh, where I did used all the Netflix anime, and that was like the first show I watched for it, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll edit the bumps for this first, but then I like normally I just go through like the first three or first six, and I'm just like, okay, I go through the first three, I was like, okay, then I go through the next three, and I was like, okay. And then I just watched the entire series, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm making a promo out of this now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Just that spontaneity. Was, yeah. But there were some particular points in that in that promo I really liked editing. Um, like, after, after Yumiko proposes the $10 million bet, like, the song that I used is um, in the instrumental of an old Sean Price song called Genesis of the Omega. Like at the very beginning of the song, like the sample, like the sample that's repeated throughout the song just goes absolutely crazy and it just makes no sense. And I just have it while Mary's <laughs> yelling at Yumiko and like it's like the madness rises and then it culminates once the beat drops and then Yumiko um, starts her whole speech about about gambling. 
and like how like I love how I like time the like all the money swipes like every couple bars and like the part I swear every time I watch this I, I get chills but the part at the end where she yells let's get our gamble freak on and it's and it like alternates between everyone looking horrified at her and then her just looking insane and I think that to the music <laughs> that's like one of the best things I've cut and then it just cuts in and afterwards she's just like I'm, I'm a loser cat with a gambling addiction <laughs> <laughs> That, Aren't we all? <laughs> yep, I play gotcha games. I know I that just, feeling well, <laughs> but yeah, that one. I it's always a great feeling when you get the edit just right, mm, and it's yes. like that's it. That's staying in. I'm not doing anything else with that. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that one with my uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond promo too. At the end. When Leo almost gets killed by the vampire, he's like, yep, the city almost, and then it's just music cuts, just cuts to black. I mean, I'm great today, nothing to worry about. Leo riding on a scooter, and then as soon as he finishes that sentence, missiles come from, like, behind him. Yep. Yeah, those those are the kind of cuts I live for. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So... The next thing I wanted to get into is talking about like some tips or tricks that we can give to any of our listeners who want to start making their own promos as well. We given the software at the beginning, but what would you what could you do to start editing and actually start putting things together? Like what kind of things could you do? And well, biggest uh, You can biggest go ahead. Thing, the biggest thing, you know, know your software top to bottom, know what it can do. Know, like, you know, if there's something that you want to do, you know, know how to do it, or at least, at the very least, know a way to do it that doesn't add 12 hours to your time. Also, um, probably, heck, this is something I I still struggle with. Make sure the balancing is good. Because sometimes, you know, it's hard, for especially with certain shows, to get the music and the sound effects and the voices just right. You know, just oh, kind of fiddle with it until it until it sounds right-ish to you. Try listening to it with different speakers, like with headphones on and all that. You know, I always say the best um, the best test for you know before putting out one of these videos is like move the video over to my iPhone and drive around in my car and and put it on Bluetooth and listen to it. And you know, if it if it sounds good in your car, it's going to sound good on some some little he- Apple headphones. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Ever infallible for me (laughs) as a producer, for me, I I don't have a lot. I do that for podcasts, I don't have a lot to test with. (laughs) I only have my computer speakers that I'm currently have my headphones plugged into. But what I usually do to test the audio is because I'm I know I'm going to be watching it the most on my iPhone. I level out the audio to that and check and see through a test that's either unlisted or set to private. And check and see like what, how the audio sounds. I used to, uh, I used to download it to my phone, but my phone has the audio way too loud compared to the iPhone. So when I first put out my Ruby Volume Four fan trailer slash AMV and my Ruby Volume Five fan trailer, the audio for them were so low because I edited the audio to what my iPhone was playing it as. 
rather than what YouTube was doing. So I had to like re-upload them and increase the audio when I found out how to fix the ghosting issue using by disabling resampling for all the video clips. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the- uh, I- if we want to get technical with it, um, you know, I, I try and level all of the peaks of my videos to negative six decibels. I, I found that even in my professional career, that that's that's a pretty good volume for for a web video. Um, you know, Adobe Audition. It's pro- not everyone has access to it, but programs like that, Audacity. You know, get in there and kind of make sure that you're not peeking into that yellow, red level. And um, yeah. It, it works. <laughs> it yeah. definitely works. When it comes to my audio levels, I aim for between like negative six up to zero or negative one decibels mm-hmm. uh, for just the quotes. And music wise, I can't, I try and see like how low I can get it to the point where it's still audible, where you can still hear it, but it's not overtaking the clips. And sure. I haven't figured that out completely i usually just do it by ear while making sure my the main audio which is the video audio and show clips doesn't go over zero i think typically yeah, I think, uh, with oh, my music i usually always like with my music i usually always have it like like but like when i did my bumps i always had it like at negative nine for the music or something like that it was either it's somewhere between like negative 11 and negative nine i would always have my music and it and it was you know, it's usually loud enough to hear, but then you know, not loud enough so that you can't hear the hear the quotes. Man, that is a finely tuned science. Let me tell you. Every time I'm trying to edit a podcast, I spend so much time just trying to get a good music fade that sounds good and doesn't like seem awkward. Fades are your best friends when it comes to like balancing the audio. I use it so much for my videos, especially for the audio clips. When it sounds like there's an, when there's a sound at the end or either at the beginning that I don't want heard, but I need the clip at that point for my cut, I, I do like a fade in or a fade out to try and get that sound either removed or, t- or as low as possible where it isn't noticeable. Yeah, that's how you do it. Like That, that fade saves lives. It really does. I'm I'm pretty sure you did the same for your My Hero Academia season one promo when Deku first uses the power of all for one to leap. Because that's yeah. what I did to remove all might at the beginning of that clip. Yeah, pretty much. Now I can probably get way too technical when it comes to, you know, pro- producing the audio for these videos. Um, you know, part of ripping those Blu-rays, you get a, a fi- oftentimes you get a five-channel um, yeah, audio baby, audio that's cut. The stuff. So getting in there, you're able to kind of kind of remove a lot of the background noise and you know pull that center channel audio that a, a lot of on a lot of the newer Funimation shows they they put that five-channel audio track. I'm looking at you, Viz, when I'm talking. Just got to move away from stereo. It's it's no good for anybody. I've not pulled any good clips out of any Viz anime for, for quite a while now. But, you know, it just it gives you that latitude to take out that sound. I know I've gotten a lot of comments on YouTube saying, oh, how did you get that clip out of there? How did you get that audio so clear? It's like, well, that's how I do it. I, I pull I'm them a five-channel. 
5.1. Yes. I think the, the first time I actually used the 5.1, it was, I want to say it was the, uh, yeah, it was the Your Name promo. The thing I got it from, it had, it had 5.1 audio, and I, like, I freaked out. I was like, holy shit, hold up, hold up. And I looked at all the channels, and I was like, oh, shit, I have individual voices. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> And it really makes it makes a difference, and that, and you know, kind of getting in there and creating a custom custom audio track for each each video that I've done. I think for the past several years, I'd kind of go in there and you know, the, the song's a five minute song. I'll kind of figure out the peaks and valleys I want in each track, and you know, edit edit the song to to kind of do what I needed to do. And you know, it also helps with copyright strikes. <laughs> True. <laughs> My skill level is now showing because I have no idea what you're talking about anymore with 5.1 channel. Really? Oh, man. It's a truly it's a... magical thing. You get, like, the background music separate from the sound effects and the voices. So you can just play around with... It sounds like this is the want. method to uh, isolate audio. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, so imagine you're sitting in a... Imagine you're sitting in a movie theater, you know, the audio is going to come out of the center channel. Um, the front two sides are going to be a little bit more of that. Those sound effects and like the back will be kind of like a bass, a bassy, bassy like undertones. Yeah. It sounds yeah, like something around, I should look into. Man, it's it around is sound an audio, absolute it's around godsend sound audio. for fan dubs. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Long gone are the days of well, uh, Bandai America putting audio. putting just an audio track. Now. <laughs> when it yeah. comes to the actual, uh, sorry, when it comes to the actual like cutting of the video, one of the things that I have as like a pet peeve is to not have a clip that has a character's mouth moving as though they're talking, put it in the video and not have them actually saying anything. That is a pet peeve of mine. When it comes to the, to the video, because if you see a character mouth moving as though they are talking, my expectation watching it is that I'm going to hear them talking. If I don't, I find that jarring. Yes, I completely yeah. agree with that 100%. <laughs> like I saw that for one of the fan music videos that were put in for one of the uh, music video contests. And they had Naruto fighting uh, Neji, and he was doing his lunge bit, but his mouth was moving the entire time during the clip. I'm like, probably not the best choice for that. So that would be like my that that's my pet peeve is don't have a character's mouth moving if they're not talking. And I haven't really had to deal with that because I mostly focus on action shots, anyways. <laughs> I think I think that's one of the nuances of the. I guess the subtle Tsunami promo, a little bit more chilled and motivational type thing. Yeah. You know, you just got, and it, you just got to pick and choose those clips that, you know, a little bit more wide shots. And I, I'm kind of guilty of this too, but I will, I'll edit a clip. I'll edit the lip flaps to kind of say what I need them to say. If I, if I have a really good clip and I can't find and the, and the visuals don't really match up. I think I did it for the, um, one of the ones that I did recently, it, it had Bulma in it talking about something from Dragon Ball Super, and it, you know, she didn't. I didn't really like the way that that clip looked, so I pulled something from somewhere else and matched it up, and you know, it it did the job. But, yeah, I was just yeah. gonna ask about that. Have you guys ever like 
I, I've seen Tanami do this from time to time where they have a character saying something. It's the same character speaking it, but it's a different clip being placed over on top of it, which I did for my volume two, uh, Ruby volume two fan trailer in which I have Oz who is talking to him in the auditorium about like how all the events that happened prior. And this is like the midpoint of the season, but I, sh- I have that clip. I have the clip of Oz interrogating Blake placed over that. that Heck, that's I, actually, I was going to say, I actually did that in my uh, Bakugo versus Deku promo. Ah. Like the part where um, Bakugo's warming up where he says, um, if you don't want to get her punch back, that's actually not what he says on that scene. It's actually like right before. It's actually like right after. Because I think on the actual scene when he's like stretching and warming up, he's like, oh, I guess you're using kicks now. But that, that was actually what he said. And then I did that with the uh, Kakagurui thing. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Where um, where uh, Yumiko says, the crazier you are, the more you love to gamble. And I had her yelling at, like, the fingernail girl. I can never remember her name. But, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, I put that over top. And it and it somehow matched perfectly lip flap wise And I was like, shit, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Sometimes you'll get lucky like that, and you know it works out. Other times you'll have to la- add a couple laps in here and there, and just to make it work. I try not to do that all the time, but you know every once in a while I'll kind of sneak that in there. And Tsunami yeah. did that a while back with a there was a promo where they had uh, Mikazuki from from Gundam uh, Iron Blooded Orphans, and you know they they did the same thing. So if they're doing it, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for us, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Which is another thing that I wanted to bring up is don't be afraid to edit the actual clips, like flip or reverse them. Yep. I I do that all the time to make sure that my direction of action as I'm editing still flows with the clip that I want to use. The one that it's very obvious that I do that is in my Ruby Volume 5 fan trailer, in which I have the clip of Sun fighting Ilya he does a flip in the air, and then I cut to Yang uh, going through the air in the same direction. So I'm keeping that direction of action, and then she lands. But it's very obvious that I flipped it because her prosthetic arm is now on her left arm <laughs> instead of her right. So you had a Sony Nick Fury situation going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you get that reference at all. Um, yeah, a lot of these tsunami videos, um, it a big a big part of them is kind of making all these characters seem that like they're inhabiting the same world in that span of a minute, minute and a half. And I think having to flip those clips just to make sure that you get that back and forth action, that motion between the clips, you know, it's acceptable for something like this. It just if it makes the if it makes the scene better for it, then yeah, definitely do it. There's no law against doing something like that. Yeah, it 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 helps. It it feels like you're cheating, but it helps so much. That's not cheating. Like I said, you just do what you do. I mean, that's like yep. the whole thing about these promos and stuff. It's kind of a, it's you know, it's a form of self-expression, basically. It's like you're not actually presenting the show. You're just presenting the show in a new context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, like, what other part of the aspect of making that we can talk about to get to help inform people listening. 
and I'm thinking about just like the way to cut. That is they literally entirely just watch, up to you. They literally yeah, just yeah. watch every single Tanami promo. Just watch how they do it. Watch what they do. The kind of little tips, the little nuances, you know, that we talked about. You know, just try try to replicate some of those. So I can kind yeah. of get into process a little bit here if we have some time left. Um, but. You know, a music video for me, it takes several weeks. It takes a month to to really to really kind of dive in there and do it. Um, I, I I'm kind of uh, I'll kind of go ahead and say it, but yeah, I haven't really kept up with as much as the block as I would would like to. You know, I stick around for the the front half and kind of kind of tune out. You might want to edit that part out, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I always try and go back. There, you know, when you hear a clip on on a show that really resonates with you that makes you want to go back and listen to a couple episodes before and after and really find out, okay, how, what, what's the context of the scene? Is there a, is there a video uh, audio soundbite that would work better or, you know, or is that the clip? Um, and I, the way I do it is I kind of sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch a couple, I binge a couple episodes of a certain show, you know, and just kind of make notes it's like, okay, at 12, minutes and 30 seconds into broadcast of Naruto Shippuden, Shippuden, you know, there's, there's a really great, great quote from the, from the Raikage there about, you know, six, not giving up. Right. And, you know, you keep track of those little, little time codes. And, you know, when you're, when you're pulling these clips from your DVDs or your, your raw footage, you know, it's, it's always good to have those. And I, you know, having, having that list as I'm going through, it kind of helps me get the vibe of the video before I ever even cut one single piece of footage. Um, the other thing that I really, really like to do is music. Selecting the music is way, way more important to me than having, having that quote, you know, I don't have a good track. Yes, 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 yes. A thousand I, times. yes. I, w- I won't edit a video for a year, half a year, unless I have a good music track. So I, I really don't want to default back to using Tycho or Calm Trees music because I think that's kind of kind of a crutch for me. <laughs> like I swear, when I did my uh, 91 Days bump set, I actually had it sit on my computer for a week because I couldn't find the perfect background music to it. When it comes to this, it's actually, serious, it, <laughs> it starts with the music. The video does. It, the idea for the video doesn't start until I actually have a music in my head that's creating the video as I listen to it. You know, yeah. Like I didn't make my first. I didn't make my first tsunami music video until I listened to "Footsteps" by Cryptex literally the month before. I discovered that track literally the month before, and there were and the podcast was doing their uh, music video contest. And I'm like, I'll try and make one, but I didn't submit it because I didn't think I I should since I'm affiliated with the podcast. But I probably should have. But it starts with the music for me every time. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 about the same too. Because like the music, you know, the music kind of sets the whole mood before you start setting the mood yourself with the clips. And that was like, and that's definitely one of the things that I end up focusing on the most, especially when I'm using my own songs to put in. <laughs> yeah, I can't find the right song for your tsunami music video make one yeah yeah pretty much that, that that's pretty much exactly what happened with my uh my erased promo the song that plays in the second half when Satoru's a kid uh signal flare 
Like I had made that song way back, like like a couple months before I did that promo. And I was just like, okay, what would be a good song to go here? And I went through, you know, my playlist trying to look for stuff. And I'm just like, hmm. All right, hold on. Let me try this one. And then I put Signal Flare on top of like what little clips I had. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a little victory in of in of itself to just find find that track that you know that really resonates with you. I think coming yeah. off some of some of the first videos that I ever did, I got really lucky that there was some great stuff out there at the time. And you know, once you develop that style, it's like, okay, you want the first half of this video to be a certain style. And then if you find a track that kind of not completely shifts gears, but you know, builds upon that momentum and kind of gets that that rise to you know the right to the end of the, the video I, th- I think that's just there's there's no better feeling in the world than finding finding something that works and if it doesn't work you know like i said i've i really re- i'm really a firm believer in kind of getting in there and remixing all these tracks to suit my needs so when i when you when you hear these songs on spotify or apple music just walk in the streets and like oh okay that's how the song's supposed to go it's it's definitely definitely a real feeling <laughs> yeah I definitely did the. I definitely remixed the track of Rochambeau by Bayside for my Ruby Volume Three uh, fan trailer. But the more interesting thing for that one that I did audio-wise is that the first like fifteen to twenty seconds, I am not using any music. It is literally just clips from the show, and you cannot tell that I did. That I did that I did it that way. That I didn't put the music in until I cut to Amber, which is like almost thirty seconds in. Oh wow, that's some good shit right there. It's a bold choice there. <laughs> I wasn't planning on using music for that part, but because of the music and the way it sounded at at the beginning, I'm like, I need to continue the music because it sounds like I'm actually using it. <laughs> You know, regarding that, the silence is almost as important as the music. Knowing where to put that in. Where to let what your character is saying breathe all on its own. It's a very important thing that a lot of people that make Toonami-style videos don't quite seem to grasp. It's like you're thinking back to the days of... Falconer, Dragon Ball Z, how the music just drones on and on and on and on and on, but the silence is very important in conveying the emotion of what's going on. And I think that's... Yeah, but sometimes that perfect... Really important. That perfect beat cut... Yeah, that perfect beat cut would do a lot of wonders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I find mm-hmm. it interesting that... Toonami is like the only block that has ever had this kind of like fan community interested in recreating what the block does. Like that that speaks volumes to how interesting and I guess cool <laughs> that Toonami has always been that you don't really have and I might be speaking out of turn here, but you don't really have, like, any other kinds of homages to other media platforms. Like, I can't think of any. Maybe some, 
that some people did specifically as like, a, hey, remember this thing? I'm like trying to recreate what they're doing. But the, you know, the, the only thing that I think would come close like way, way wider. It's it's ridiculous in comparison because there's just so many videos out there. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. Yeah, no worries. Um, you know, the only thing that I think that comes close remotely to the Toonami fandom is the college football fandom. You know, there are hundreds of hype videos that go up every week. And, you know, there's no there's no one particular style of hype video. You know, you got ESPN, you got Fox and all these different providers. But for Jason and company to have really fostered a community that will spend months at a time editing commercials what amounts to commercials it blows my mind and you know it just it kind of really reinforces my love for this community yeah it's their commercials that deeply impact people at, at their base that's that's what tv executives probably see these as but you know i think fans see the say, see them as so much more like we talked about earlier that fan who who um walked away from the ledge for a little bit you know that's most commercials don't have that power no, the Toonami the videos are tremendously powerful. People have a very direct connection to these stories, these characters, and how they're mixed together. And it's just remarkable. I mean, there's really nothing else like it. So I guess there's no surprise why so many people, you know, ape the style. Because it's fun, and it's interesting, <laughs> and you can, like kind of do whatever you want with it. And that's what I love about Toonami fandom music videos because people just go crazy. And they create some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yes. To end this section off before we go into the final bits, uh, I, I want to like highlight two videos that were put out on YouTube. One, I don't know if it's unlisted, blocked, or made private or removed if anyone remembers the cartoon cypher videos on tsunami for the 20 yes. years they did two videos those are tremendously good I, I can't find those anymore if you can find that check that out it talks a lot about the editing and how tsunami cuts and presents its shows through its promos and music videos and the other one i want to mention is a video by every frame of painting that talks about where Tony talks about his editing process, about why he cuts to certain things and how he goes about cutting them. So those are two things you can look into. If you can find a cartoon story for one, that would be the best one. So the thing that I want to end this on is to talk about our talk about or just briefly mention our favorite music music videos or promos that Tanami has aired and what was it about them that really intrigued us or grabbed us. We've briefly mentioned some throughout, but we can either re-mention them or elaborate on other ones. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start this one off. Um, the, my favorite, my, by, by far my favorite um, Tsunami commercial is um, The Choice is Yours. I think that just kind of came along at a really, really good point in my life where the message really spoke to me. Um, and just just the way that they conveyed conveyed those messages. You know, Tanami had been gone for a couple of years at that point and came back in 2012. And seeing them put out those videos again, it was 
it was a kick to the kick to the heart, you know. And to this day, whenever I'm feeling down or you know you need to need to pick me up, I pull up that video and immediately just kind of like say, "Okay, this is going to be okay. Every, everything will work." And that's probably probably my favorite one. And uh, you know, the um, to the to hell with fear. That that was the first one in the revival era, and that will probably be one of one of my top five of all time. <laughs> that one ends on "I want to live so good" from Dead Man. It just just the passion in that clip. It's you know, it's something that really resonates with with audiences everywhere. <laughs> I think it may not be my favorite one, but the one that really resonated with me was the was the new version of Dreams that they did with all the Gundam clips and Tom's narration saying it's still true, just as true as it was when you were 12. And I was like... Yeah. Oh! Yeah. That, that one Ooh. hit me. That one hit me right in the Kokoro. <laughs> that one's acknowledging how long it's been around. Mm-hmm. Also, the Dandy Dreams promo that starts out like Dreams <laughs> and it just goes wild because how the else would yeah, yeah, well, Space Dandy... So good. Man, during the Space Dandy <laughs> era, they had so many good music videos. Like, we're about to warp. Yes. Freaking. Hey, hey. Sh- sh- I think that was a uh, talk uh, about, uh, damn it. golden period of, uh, of Toonami, you know? That, that 2013, 2014 Space Dandy era, that was... Mm. You, know, every, you know, everyone was fully engaged. Simul dubs weren't a thing yet. And, you know, it was groundbreaking to have, have Dandy air over here. And they, they really treated that show well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It, Alien, you said you really liked the warp promo? Yeah. Like that one. Now, I don't know. Okay. I know exactly what it is about that one. Because, I mean, as you all know, I have a big boner for the the action, the action <laughs> promos. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, like, like the, the night that one came on, you know, I'm watching it. I was like, oh, snap. We get a new music video. Then all of a sudden it just starts with fucking dubstep. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And like just yeah, that one action, hits hard. Like the action, the the cutting, just the overall flow of it. And then as soon as those orchestral vocals came in, I was just like in my seat, spazzing out, son. That was the most hyped thing I've ever seen. The most interesting <laughs> thing I remember about that is that it used SAO clips, but they weren't airing SAO at the time. Yeah, they were. They were. Wait, what? They weren't. Yeah. They were not airing SAO when that aired. Hmm. I mean, sometimes that was the most interesting thing about that one to me. That's where they were. Oh gosh, what what was the uh, the burial commercial that they the music video that they aired a while back? Um, Get busy living. Was it that one? Yeah, that one was great. That That one was the one I wanted to talk about. That one was pretty mind blowing too. That that one's one of my favorites too. But that yeah, one blows my mind with how they composited everything. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how they long had it the took them to proper do that. amount of translucency for every clip. Mm, yes, that one. It made, and I was it, uh, one of the ones they did. I think it was last year. The one that looked like one of those aesthetic lo-fi hip hop videos. It reminded me of that one, too. Yeah, that that one was a great one too. Ferromagnetic flow or something like that. Ferromagnetic flow. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. And I tell you, man, they've really mined Cowboy Bebop for every single clip that they can find. <laughs> like try, trying, 
trying to go back and pull out a clip from Cowboy Bebop in 2019. You can't do it. Everything's been used. I've, I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite pro- music video from the OG era is the Naruto Season 2 promo that I mentioned earlier. I want to I want to refer to it as the season two promo, but it's also referred to as the long promo. It's yeah. the that, that one. Really that one uses my favorite track that Tanami has put out, which is "Dust Bowl" by Trevor. Whatever. That track to Naruto for that is so good, and the way they edited that is so good. The way they implemented sound effects is so good. I just absolutely love that. Like I do mess with sound from time to time. If you if you look at my K fan trailer promo, at the beginning you'll hear this like tape static. That isn't a sound effect that I have. That's a sound effect that is used in the show just after the the just after the guy gets shot and he falls to the ground and then the tape has the static. I put the static earlier to kind of like sh- when the video is being first presented and I love messing with audio like that was that yeah, the um, last video that they produced before they went off air the Naruto one yeah I'm not sure I don't know if they did one after like I think in the, 2006, I, the IGPS 2008. one came before then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think it was 2006-2008 era, era, I don't know of any music videos that came out. I think that yeah. might have been the last music video style thing that they put out. Just a long form promo for something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, good thing they came back. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, as long as they're here, you know, it's... um. It's it's great to have them back, and you know all good things eventually fade away. <laughs> but you know while they're here, I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of them. You know, absolutely. Yeah, true, that. true that. Pretty much the main reason why I'm starting to build my own PC because I'm just like it's been a year since my actual last edit, and I'm just like I need to get back into this. I miss it so much. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned how like how much how much fun you had making the uh, my hero promo for. Tsunami faithful and how much you kind of like missed it despite how much it almost destroyed your PC. <laughs> yep. Well, so, at, least, at the very least, at least I, I could still make music, which is, which is nice. Yeah, that's nice. I don't know. Maybe there's some collaborations down the line with all of us working together on something. Who knows? <laughs> Ooh, now that oh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I got like pretty cool. I mean, I got like 50, Most 50 plus songs y- y'all can pick from. Y'all can use them whenever you like, man. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'll look into them. Tsunami fan music video MEP. <laughs> you heard M-E-P. it here for first, folks. M-E-P. I'm the idea guy. I come up with the ideas and then I just let other people do them. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very good idea. I got ideas for things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Don't tell Paul. He'll try to take <laughs> it away from me. <laughs> Probably. Just get my master head of HR uh, in on it. He'll sort him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Darrell will sort oh, him out. Well, I think he's great that uh, we, we did this episode, and I hope to do more Tudami fan-related 
content because we're Toonami faithful. And, you know, there's lots of Toonami faithful out there. We should, you know, talk about their stuff and, uh, you know, give shout-outs to the community. So I yep. want to thank Fabian for coming up with this idea. And I'd also like You're welcome. to thank Jazzmaster Samurai for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here, guys. And uh, real quick, right. if you guys want to tell people where they can find your stuff, go ahead. Starting with? Uh, start with Jazz. All right, hey, guys. Um, well, you'll, you can find me on YouTube at um, Jazzmaster Samurai. And um, I guess Twitter, um, you know, Phantom Trumpet, that's kind of my Toonami-related account. I don't really post much on it, but, you know, I have, I'll, I'll put the link to my main account on that one for a couple of days if you all want to follow me. <laughs> and then... Oh, <laughs> dang! Y'all doing this all backwards now. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Alien Renegade. You can listen to my music at um, SoundCloud. Look, look up a uh, Amp Ren A M P R E N, or you can check out all four of my Tanami Beats mixtapes on. I hate having to pronounce this. I don't know why I came up with this dumb name, but Ample Renitence, A-M-P-L-E-R-E-N-I-T-E-N-C-E dot bandcamp dot com. And you can watch some of my old videos and stuff. Look up Alien Renegade videos on YouTube. Hopefully next year I should start uploading some more stuff. And it's time for the Royal Taint Washer to tell you where you can find him. <laughs> Uh, uh, on YouTube, I am a uh, user Fabover. That is F-A-B-O-O-V-E-R, which is the same on Twitter at Fabover. I also have a Tumblr where I decided I'm going to start putting out music I like to listen to as a part as a part of my Tumblr, which which includes like a lot of Tanami related stuff too. But I mainly. <laughs> I'll I'll do it when, once I take a listen to it, and po- and like put out what my favorite ones are, but I mainly post Ruby stuff there, so be warned. Oh, okay. oh well. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I would love it if people would give us some feedback on this episode, and uh, you know, drop us a line at podcast at tunamifaithful dot com, or you know, tweet at us, whatever. You can tweet at me at Sketch1984. And uh, hopefully we will be able to do more fan-related content soon. I absolutely have to get Caboose and Duelist on here to talk about their stuff. But I didn't want to overcrowd this particular episode. So uh, once again, thanks everybody for listening each and every week. And for now, we're punching out.